you very much. It's good to see all of you. And, uh, and there's people here in Vendo as well. Charlie's here. Liz. Sandra's on the bells. Sarah. Myself. Warming up the temple. I went to the Insight Meditation Center last night for a, a meditation and discussion and kind of the opening check-in before the discussion is, is I went around and, and answered uh, how we were weathering our lives real pointer towards the towards this weather and uh, a lot of people said that uh, it really showed them so clearly to the natural world it brought them closer to the natural world it reminded them of their animal bodies despite difficulties in a lot of people's uh, lives where they lived because of the rain and the floods and the waves they were impressed with uh, how they felt to their natural world their animal bodies we we sometimes go to Henry Cowell Park, and and uh, you know you you think you're really in nature when you can look at those caterpillars crawling under the leaves. You think I'm studying nature, but uh, you know the Henry Cowell doesn't doesn't just stop there on Graham Hill Road. The wind. The trees, the moon, the stars, the planets. Going. We're those animals crawling, crawling under the leaves of these, these buildings that uh, we've chewed down the wood and erected these. Uh, dwelling places for our, our natural. I think um, I remember our Dharma brother, Robert Reeson in Monterey gave a talk once where he said that uh, actually nature is Buddha nature. outside of nature and Buddha nature. We're always the expression of nature just as it is. And 
it was nice to uh, hear that feedback. Taking the, the Dharma view of the world just as it is. Made me remember Zorba the Greek, that novel Zorba the Greek, called uh, Life the Full Catastrophe. And that's how he lived his life in the novel, the full catastrophe, meaning that he was in it the whole way, the whole work. He was not missing one bit of it. He was experiencing the full catastrophe of his life in this world. And then I remembered that uh, in the 90s, there was a Dharma book. Uh, the title was Full Catastrophe Living. Anybody remember that book? And, and that's what it related us to. And that, that was its message. It was a, he was, he was uh, channeling, channeling the life of Zorba. He says that our living the life with our, with our Dharma eyes wide open is full catastrophe living. I've been reading Judith Regeer's new book. She's a Zen teacher in Minnesota in the, in the Katagiri lineage. And her newest book is called uh, Untangling Karma. It's a really boring title because this is a passionate, intimate, very personal book about, about trauma and healing from trauma. And just paying attention and trying to, trying to uh, um, make relationships go smoother, healing old wounds. It's very passionate and very, very personal. Um, she has a wonderful website called White Lotus. That's her Dharma name, Yakuen. And uh, she used to have a blog, and all of her blogs are on there. She's posted lots of her Dharma talks. Um, so you can hear her voice. You can hear her give talks. And um, in, a, in one of the study groups in this organization, we listened to a series of her talks once, and all of us here really, really appreciated it. Um, I don't know if she, I, I don't think she even knows she has a fan club out, out here. Um, I I met her for the first time, and, and she 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 won't. Rem I've only met her twice, and she she won't remember. The, the The first time was at the SCBA meeting, maybe ten years ago, I, I, uh, in the Midwest someplace, 
Anybody, SCB is an art table with four or five people that I didn't know. So, you know, trying to get to know people, other other Zen teachers, and she was one of them. Although I, didn't know who she was, and she just came back uh, after a few minutes, swearing like a sailor cursing her husband, telling the whole group, he doesn't know anything about raising teenagers. Uh, so that was my first introduction to Peter uh, Bergelia. And then she talked about, you know, teenagers, marriage, and uh, a nice lunch companion. So I, I've been paying attention to her since those suspicious beginnings. And um, in your chapter four, book, she starts off with a question from the um, Dogen's extensive record, the AA Corpus. Day-to-day um, -day activities in the household of the Buddha ancestors is our house, our life, and our activities. Let me read that another way. Our house, our life, and our activities is the day-to-day -day activities in the household of the Buddha ancestors. And I think that's full catastrophe living. Our life, our activities is nothing but the household of the Buddha ancestors. This doing and not doing is imbued thoroughly with the total dynamic function of moment-to-moment reality. Nothing is left out, and there can be great peace and ease in this understanding. This doing and not doing You know, sometimes we're paying attention to our activities, to the full catastrophe. And uh, sometimes we're washing the dishes, washing watch the news. And, uh, and yet, Dogen is telling us that um, all of it, whether the doing or the non-doing, is the total dynamic functioning of the moment, of moment-to-moment -moment reality. 
then I, I think it gives us a hint that if you want decent ease, you'll pay attention. That, that's that's my that's my paraphrase. Nothing is left out, and there can be great peace and ease in this understanding. So we're always nature. We're always our body. We're always in the full capacity. Whether we're paying attention, whether we're doing, or whether we're not paying attention, whether we're not doing. It's a, a peace and ease of really abiding in this moment-to-moment -moment reality comes with our comes with our practice. Comes with our oh maybe I should look at this rainstorm in another way. This rainstorm is really reminding me how close I am to nature. I thought I had to look I thought I had to look out my back my back deck and see the trees on the hills to really see nature. But I know I'm right in the middle of it right now. He gives an example of, a, of preparing a, a Jukai ceremony uh, along with, uh, with the help and guidance of Katagiri White. Uh, Tomoi Katagiri, who, uh, who outlived uh, Katagiri and, and stayed there in, in Minnesota after Katagiri left. After Katagiri left, so, uh, so Tomoi was um, very much a part of the Minnesota Zen Center life after Katagiri passed, and um, and. Uh, was said something about an easy way to do something. I figured out an easy way to do this. One of the tasks for the preparation for the ceremony. And, uh, and, and Tomoe kind of told her to slow down. Um, clearly, she did not approve of my easier way. So I took a breath and asked myself, what am I trying to do again? I ask myself that question often. And I think that question, what am I trying to do again? Is that um, switching into the realization that we're always nature, that we're always doing that, um, that our life, our house, is the household of Buddha ancestors. That's that pivot. When I, I guess maybe, uh, maybe she was irritated enough, or maybe um, Tomoe Katagiri showed her that. Um, there was no, e there is no easy way. 
that there's only the full catastrophe, maybe with some realization. The task, the dishes, uh, um, sweeping the zendo, uh, uh, filling up sandbags, comes uh, the activity of the Buddha household, of the household of our Buddha ancestors. He gives another example. When her her child, one of her two children, was young, three, three or four years old, scary, but apparently it's a series of children's books on what people do all day. And one book is about, uh, you know, being a gardener, and one book is about being a nurse, and one book is about being an electrician. And they had just finished reading the book about being a plumber. And uh, so they went on a walk after a rainy day. And they, they followed a stream of water. Um, down their driveway and into the gutter and followed the gutter down the street, you know, with the toddler walking slowly. So it took a long time. And they were both recalling the story of, of the plumber and where water goes. And finally, um, it climbed into the drain the end of the street and the child yelled out, that's the sewer. And uh, it was, uh, Judith was very pleased that her son had learned something about the world. But just describe that, that full attention that they had, you know, in this activity of just following water down there. And uh, and then he had the water goes after that, and she told Mississippi River they they, they lived they lived near the Mississippi and, and uh, they had been there many times. And the child was just happy as a very pleased to know that the whole process, the whole catastrophe. And, uh, I, I can just picture that, and she writes about it so. Just that attention, that full attention, no separation between the, that, that walk and just that constant stream of water that ultimately became the Mississippi, ultimately became the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, ultimately uh, is still circling. Planet. I spent a lot of time today trying to trying to find out where this this quote came from. 
in the household and um I, I couldn't i couldn't really find it in any of the fascicles um that's and so i just surmise that it's in that, that big kind of uncatalogued uh extensive record but in my search i found another another dogen fascicle Sounds pretty familiar. Kajo, everyday activities. In the domain of Buddha ancestors, drinking tea and eating rice are everyday activities. Drinking tea and eating rice have been transmitted for a long time and are present right now. Thus, the Buddha ancestors' vital activity of drinking tea and eating rice comes to us. That's pretty good, as Catherine might say. That's pretty good. Um, that uh, we've heard a lot on camera. We've heard, we've wrestled with a lot of quotes from Dogen over the years. And even in this, this is the beginning of that fascicle. At the end of the fascicle, I'll, I'll read a little more. This is sort of a head scratcher. Dogen can get pretty uh, opaque. Um, but it's also good to remind us that uh, in, in, the, in the shelf after shelf of Dharma teachings, uh, that it can be summed up the way Dogen says here. Thus, the vital activity of drinking tea and eating rice comes to us. And I think I think we've all practiced with tea and rice and food. I think I think we've all had meals that we've just and experienced every bite and are grateful for the nutrition. And we've we've also had meals where um, where we're watching the news. I watch a lot of news, and uh, and uh, we know we know the difference. We know the ease and peace and the full connection and the whole catastrophe and the no beginning and no end of those meals that we favor and, um, and, uh, and that's what our practice is like this here minute after minute here in the zendo dogen goes on to say 
each and every extraordinary activity is simply eating rice. The monk's bowl is used for having rice. And what is used for having rice is the monk's bowl. Now, this is, this is where he gets poetic. This is where he, uh, this is how I'm reading. I'm reading this paragraph before, before I even read it. Dogen wants us to know that this monk's bowl, this bowl of rice, this, this uh, rice dinner that we're having is nothing other than the moon and the stars and the planets and the supermoon. Now, what is the monk's bowl? I say it's not wood and it is not black lacquer. Is it an immovable rock? Is it bottomless? It has no nostrils. One mouthful swallows up the entire sky. The entire sky is received with palms together. ourselves. May we live our life on that, on that perch, the pivot of doing and non-doing, of always experience the complete open sky with of rice and a cup of tea. Beings are numberless. I bow them. I bow to end them. The Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Is unsurpassable. I vow to them. Before we go into activities, like uh, maybe we've got time for couple of comments on the full catastrophe living or the exquisiteness any thoughts on zoom any, any thoughts here in the zendo
surprising in my mind that our talk is slowing down. Like I felt like I was too busy and doing too much. And so in January, I said, I'm going to do less. And I dropped the work to do less time that I usually would do. Because I was always in this, what do I have to do next? Judith says that after she had her children, after she'd been a Dharma student for many years, and uh, she said, you know, well, uh, machines are on a schedule. Maybe I'll put our, our life on a schedule. And it, 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 it got mixed results. <laughs> uh, uh, the Buddha house that she was living in, it maybe didn't what wasn't quite as uh, organized or controlled as uh, what we think of as a, a Dharma temple. But, but she tried it. She gave it a shot. And and uh, and, and I, I think I think what she wanted to do as well was to be able to slow down the way we the way we feel things are going and so that we can notice our lives as a whole. Notice that we might want to have a caterpillar crawling underneath the comforter and read a chapter. This is Judith. How can we see our suffering and karmic consciousness and Buddha nature as all manifestations of one mind. Through that investigation, just keeping that question in mind, how can, how can this messy life of mine and Buddha nature be manifestations of one consciousness, one mind of the whole world? Through that investigation, they are seen functioning together. Then our karmic life is revealed as the household of Buddha. So it's just that slowing down, as you were saying, Sarah, slowing down enough to notice. isn't over there and the bad stuff is in the whole world. And then we can feel that and that whatever the situation is, we can feel peace and ease that build in us. Please. Um, the thing now that you've mentioned that, what I've noticed 
knows different. I was in her office and her dog was sleeping on her toy. And both of us were like being fine. <laughs> like we're being in the same rhythm. We're in the frequency of our thoughts. And I just think that that's that happened. I need to slow down. And that's who I am when I'm working. And Rhonda. Liz. Down to hear those thoughts through those lenses for so long, and things that I had no choice in taking care of my own. And I felt so strong. Or interjecting that question like, like Judith did What am I really doing here? Do I really want to just take my child for a walk? Or do we want to connect with? The entire sky together, and uh, it, it's just it's just a, a whole world of work. 